we see through a dark glass because we only see in part. And that dark glass, I believe, is our soul. Now, we hear soul and we think of soulish things, soulish life, soulish. But the soul is basically the sum of your mind, your emotions, and your will. And before the fall, it was fully in touch with God. And after the fall, it was kind of cut off from him. Matter of fact, when Adam stopped eating from that tree of life, his soul began to die. Matter of fact, in the scriptures, the soul is often classified as the, the sum of life. Also, heart is the same as well. But we hear through those things. And we hear and we hear things in a broken manner. As I mentioned before, any one of the things, the mind, the will, or the motion, can set the other two off and cause us to hear incorrectly. You can be stirred with your emotions and, and, and perceive things that you think may be one thing or maybe totally another. Uh, I liken the soul really truly as a filter that needs cleaning every once in a while. It needs things to be removed so it would filter properly the things it's supposed to filter. So in sense that we could hear God, what he's actually saying to us. You know, God has a problem. He is God, and he has to speak to man. You know, and he knows what he made. And so we provided ways so we could hear, we could hear more correctly. What was that? What is it? No, I didn't. I thought it was a lizard. So I have so many lizards around my house. Everything's a lizard. We have a bunch of them. We live out in kind of the country area. So, okay, if I can find one, I'm on here. So we have a, a redeemed soul. And that redeemed soul, as I said before, was justified once and for all so we can learn and grow. And every sin was always taken care of. But the sanctification process or the redemption process is something has to take place in our life that we'd be able to hear. The more redeemed we are, the more that process is along, the better chance we have of hearing correctly. And when we hear, we have to only hear, what I think what God said was this. Because I don't care who you are, we miss. Unless God's speaking to you directly, and even then, <laughs> I think it's possible, we miss. Because we miss, we color it based upon our emotions or what we want. That's one of the big things is, you know, a lot of people have an ambition for something, maybe a very nice thing, maybe a house, maybe a wife. But they'll hear what they hear based upon that rather than really what God's trying to say to them. Because God is concerned with those items as well, but he's especially concerned with who we are. He wants us to seek him and his kingdom first. That's one of the things we talked about last week. Seeking God and his kingdom first gives us the ability to hear more clearly. Because, you know, there's a, I can remember when I was a first Christian, my pastor told a story of a, a First Nation gentleman uh, who was not a Christian and he was a medicine man. And he was talking to him. He says, you know, it's like I have two wolves inside me. I may get the story wrong, but you'll get the point. Two wolves in me. He says, you know, one wants to do what's right. And one wants to do what's wrong. And the man asked him, he says, well, which one's the stronger? His answer is very clearly, the one I feed the most. And that's a very avid point to make the point of what's going on when we seek God first. It's what you seek first. It's what you go after. What is the, it says, this, Matthew, I think it's Matthew 5 or 6, says, you know, uh, uh, your eyes are a gate 
to your soul. What you look at, what you gaze at is what you can be filled with. And your eyes, you know, your, your treasure is where your heart is. And if your eyes are on good things, if they're single things on God, and we talked about being single-eyed. Single-eyed is having one view. That actual word actually says to be single-eyed. It'll be very clear and there'll be light full of in us. But if it says if you have double vision, then there'll be darkness in it because you can't serve both God and money. And those are just symbolic things, you know, the money part. Uh, you can't serve the kingdom and you can't serve yourself. It doesn't work. The part of the fall was man choosing his own self-interest, own timing, own desires over God. And he ate from a tree of, uh, uh, of knowledge of good and evil. He ate from the good side of it. He ate from the good things. Uh, but it still was death because it was taking things out of the control of God and handed to him. Now, so when we hear things, we hear things differently. In John 12, 28, it talks about, it says, Father, glorify your name. Then a voice came from heaven. I have glorified it. I will glorify it again. The crowd that was there and heard it said it was thunder. Others said it was an angel had spoken to him. Both heard the same thing, whole different things. That particular case, it spoke of people that were saved or not. But there's always different degrees because salvation is a process in our life. And the degree we are, the more degree we'll be able to hear, the clearer we'll be able to hear what God's saying to us. Now, the hardest thing in life is, you know, listening to God, I think. Uh, he's very, very merciful, but if we end up with the wrong things in us, we end up going down the wrong way. And then very often we just get mad at God saying, you know, he didn't really show me anything. He wasn't really leading me. I don't believe God anymore. But what it was the whole time was their own desire was leading us astray. And so I want to talk on how we put the desires back in line. The first thing we talked about was about principles in the Bible. You know, principles in the Bible, we think about the Bible, and it's a great thing to read and understand and, and, and be in relationship with God. And that's my main focus focus to read in the Bible. But the second focus is the principles. The principles are very, very important. We've taught for the two years here, we've been here, about principles in the kingdom over and over again. They're very, very important. You know, for example, let's say someone gives, gives you a word or God gives you a word and says he wants to richly bless you or he wants to bring this thing into your life. Well, what happens is go on out, and what first happens, usually something really nasty, horrible comes along. The total opposite of what was promised to us. Now, if you didn't know better, you would think, I missed. I didn't hear correctly. But as we've studied the scriptures, we found out that that's how God works, doesn't it? He'll, he'll give us a promise, and he'll test us on it. It's a testing not uh, to flunk or pass, but to develop us into what he wants to give us on the other side. But if you didn't know that, you would miss. If you didn't know that principle, you would be stuck. You would think that you miss hearing God. And you may have, but <laughs> you have to know the principles to go along. Or if something bad happened, let's say someone's, you know, sick. Now you see with Job, talks about that, the person was sick, you know, and all these people who knew the scriptures well, but didn't know the heart of God, they said that, you know, it's because you did something wrong. Well, did he? Everyone's done something wrong. All sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And what had happened was God had chose to deal with him more uh, high, at a higher level with a greater strictness to bring up him to an even higher place. He was the most righteous man on the earth at that time. 
But it wasn't because he did something wrong. It was because God loved him. You see, the mentality of not understanding the love of God caused, caused uh, Job's friend to miss it. Friends to miss it and, and judge him. Which brings me to what I really want to talk about today, the part of hearing God and getting a direct line from God where we're going. Now, I normally do this in like in a couple of weeks' time because it's not the information I want you to get. I want it in your life. And so I want you to think things. And usually God's good enough to send something on your way if you pay attention that will test you on what you heard and help it bring it into your life. Because I'm thoroughly convinced if you learn something and don't use it, it's detrimental to your spiritual health. That's okay. You know, the more you've been given, more expected. The level that you've been given, you'd be, be dealt with. If we, if, we, if we learn things and don't have them come into our life, then we have that problem coming. We have something happen to us and uh, we're held accountable because we didn't get it. And then we go around that mountain again. So we're going to talk about what did Jesus say was the greatest commandment? And? Okay. So, and you could probably put this as the number one guiding point. Love. Okay. Sure, we always talk about that. It says, so the world will know us by our love. Then we know we belong to him by our love. But it's also another part of his direction. You know, is it done in love? That's said, love, Lord, all the heart, mind, soul, and strength. Love your neighbors yourself. Both of those. It's scripture says, all the commandments and the prophet's writings are hung upon those two principles. So as we know, the, the commandments and the law were designed to give us direction, right? Do not kill, do not murder, all that. That's to give direction how you're supposed to live. A lot of the Bible's written on that, how you should live. So if everything was hung on those two commandments, you've got to say that's probably the biggest plumb line you're going to get for what God's, where, where, where God's going to lead in you. Now, if you take that in consideration, then it's going to take a look at something else that you haven't thought of probably as much. Well, it says forgive others, uh, not the slander, not the gossip. Why does it say that, guys? Based upon what I'm saying now. What? Yeah, well, it's not love, but what else? If we're dealing with a filter in our life, why wouldn't we want to do that? Huh? Yeah? Huh? It clogs your filter. What happens if you, sit, if you focus on something just like that one scripture said, then you, then you see from that point of view. So, if your life is criticalness, how many of you have criticalness in your life? All hands should be raised because I see it about all of us. I mean, I'm, I'm definitely up there. What does it do to you? Do you notice that you're critical with yourself and with others, don't you? If you're critical, it's, it's a little bit of yeast that works all the way through the batch of dough to the whole batch of dough rises. Because you cannot isolate it to one area of your life. Bitterness is a poison that will totally pollute your way of seeing God and seeing one another and hearing from God, hearing one another. That's an easy one. If we are pretty much a prophetic church and we get prophetic words. Have you ever had a prophetic word for someone that you know real well and you know they're a dog? Huh? How do you see it? You look at them, usually look at the negative out of it. 
Maturity would have you to do otherwise, but we all fall in that half the time. We end up looking at the wrong things because our filter is clogged with the wrong way of seeing. Now, if you begin to think of that as the truth, which it is, then it's got to change how you see and act with other people. Because, first of all, it has everything to do with you. So what I'm saying to you is if you're going to hear God and hear him correctly, you have to speak God's language, which is what? Love and mercy. And justice. Don't forget justice. There's justice. There's unsanctified mercy too, where you give mercy to someone way over what they should have. You know, uh, uh, it's ours not to judge them, but I mean, for example, maybe I won't give that example. Uh, <laughs> let's see which one I won't get my foot stuck in the mud on here. <laughs> <mercy> right there. <laughs> <laughs> on myself. <laughs> There's mercy on myself. Let me see if I can think of one. But the, the point is, if we act a particular way, towards a person, we're going to be that way. Now, one of the scriptures that, that, that speaks about that, so we love Jesus, no longer live for ourselves, live for God, lovers of God. Uh, Colossians three twelve through 14. Since you have been chosen by God, who has given you the new kind of life, and because of the deep love and concern for you, you should practice tenderheartedness, mercy, and kindness towards others. Don't worry about making a good impression on them, but be ready to suffer quietly and patiently. Be gentle and uh, ready to forgive. Never hold a grudge. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Most of all, let love guide your life, for then the whole church will stay together in perfect harmony. If you've been around the church for a long time, you know that's about the farthest point from what you'll see in church. I mean... Everybody stepped on everybody's toes and people hold against them. They've been, I mean, and heaven help all the pastors have done it. There's an unbelievable amount. They will be held account for it, what they did. They will. And so the people stepped on your toes, but not by you. That's the number one reasons people blow out of churches, in my experience, is they get bitter at somebody or hold a grudge against someone, and, uh, and then they think God's moved me here or there. Why? Because the bitterness they take, take them, it's polluted the way they hear. And they go jump to another church, and then to another one, and then to another one, and another one, and never get dealt with in their own life. They never have the chance for God to deal with them. You know something? God wants to deal with you. He's extremely serious about it. Not because of the end, because in the end you're going to be with him. In the end he's going to take you, and when you die, no matter what place you are in life, you're going to be with him. There is some higher reward there, I'm told from what I read in the scriptures. But you're going to make it. You're going to like that, like the workers in the field. Some came in later on, they all got the same reward. Well, yeah, that's basically so, even though there is a different reward that we're going to get heaven. We're going to have a heaven reward for us. But if we allow things that happen in your church or with your friends to affect you, you're going to always be bitter and you're never going to get better. And you're never going to become who God called you to be. God has a call in each and every person's life. Every single person's life. And we're interdependent upon one another. That's why the scriptures, when it talks about if your brother sinned against you, 
you know, uh, uh, wait a minute, how's it? It's the reverse of what I always want to think. If you know your brother holds something against you, go to him. Why? Maybe maybe it's their fault. Why? Why? Huh? Be reconciled, but if so, there's freedom for them. It's really what it's for. I've had people that have held some things against me. When I find it out, if we talk to them, I try to make it right. And I try to make it right, yeah, because I don't want a friction between them and me, but because I don't want anything in their way to become who God called them to be. That's the way our thinking has to be all the time. We have to be more concerned with what other people think. Forget it. We have to be more concerned that they're making it to their destiny. Why? Because this next scripture. That's a scripture you all know. You've heard it a million times. It's uh, 1 Corinthians 12, 14 through 31. Now the body is made up of many parts. If the foot says, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not, it would not for that reason, cease to be part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not be for the reason, uh, for any reason, cease to be part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the, uh, where the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? In fact, God has arranged the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wants them to be. If there were all one part, there would be not be a body. As, as, as it is, there are many parts, but only one body. And it goes into quite a, a lengthy uh, part, including if one part suffers, every part suffers. If one part is uh, honored, every part rejoices. Uh, now you're part of the body of Christ. Now, for the reason I just mentioned, if we are truly a body, okay, and I believe God brings people to churches and establishes peoples in churches. I don't believe it's your choice what church you go to. I really don't. I believe God will direct you to a church, and it's your responsibility as a family to stay there. Just like a husband isn't supposed to leave his wife if she, if she, if she isn't so nice to him, and vice versa. Same with a church, to work together. And what a body is, there seems to be most conceptions of the body is there's one part, pastor. You know, or apostle or prophet or whatever part that you happen to be focused on. But there are all kinds of different parts. And the scripture says that the part that doesn't seem to matter that much actually matters. We can't do without it. Now, what is the point of that? The point is that, and the point I mentioned that here, it's not only the forgiveness for one another and the mercy to help you, but it's also the body works together to give you direction for what God's doing. So if you come to, let's say I'm just a regular person in the body, and I come to me, and you tell me, you know, I think God said that. Well, maybe I've had a little bit more experience than you, or maybe I've learned that wrong, that wrong message before. I might be able to say to you, hey, you know, consider this. Consider that. And you can be helped. That's why you're supposed to be here every week, and that's why you're supposed to be on time. You can help one another. If it's just one part doing it, it wouldn't matter. But because each one of you are interly dependent upon one another... And the health of each one of you is dependent upon one another, unless God's lying in the scriptures. Then you have to work together to help one another. 
Now, scriptures in Proverbs, it says that a man is wise to have many advisors. Now, I should give a proviso with that as well. That doesn't mean you go ask everybody until somebody tells you what you want to hear, which is what I usually see done. It means you you found wise advisors, and you're around them, and you listen to what they have to say, you know. And sometimes, some of the best guidance I've had have been from the most baby Christians. They'll just say something. They don't even really get why I said it, you know. Or even sometimes unsaved people, they'll, God will speak to me. You have to, it's not who's in the top. It's who God is speaking to. All these things God wants to develop in you to be able to hear when he's speaking to you and how he's speaking to you. And if you think God speaks to you, always, I'll give you another principle. If it's not easy, it must not be God. That's not a principle from the scriptures. It's probably the opposite. You know, when God God calls us, he calls us to do hard things. And he doesn't measure success in the same way you and I do. He measures success on you saying, yes, Lord, and obeying and doing what he says. And taking the chance on what he spoke to you about doing. That's what the success he's looking for. That's why the other scripture says, don't look what other people think. Because this relationship on hearing God is based with you and God. The body, the scriptures, and your whole life towards God helps you keep on that thing. And good company doesn't also is another thing, doesn't it? What's that scripture? Don't be fooled. Bad company ruins good character. You know, scriptures talk about that also. And they talk about people in the church that live a hypocritical life. We're not to hang with those. They say one thing and do the other. It's not another judgment thing. It's a matter of just taking a look at their life. And if their life does not reflect God in it, I don't necessarily have to be perfect. If it doesn't reflect God in it, don't hang with them. You know, a dog with fleas gives fleas out. (laughs) People that have problems produce other people with problems. So how do you help one another? How you help one another is care about the person. Let love guide you to do the best for them. So if you're going to be around kind of scoundrel type of person, in a loving, gentle way, say that's not okay. That lifestyle you're doing is not okay. They can get mad at you and leave. That's fine. But you help one another. I don't mean critical one another. Mercy is one of the biggest things you can have in your life. It's, a, it's an also a guide from God, mercy. Mercy. You've got to have it plenty for one another. Let's see what else I want to get through because I really want to end this subject this week. Because next week we have a guest speaker and we will not remember to the following week, I don't think. <laughs> uh, okay, I'm going to leave the body part. Do you get the body part? You really get that you really need one another, that we're innerly, innerly dependent upon one another, that it's not okay that you go on with your own life. We're supposed to live our lives for others. We're supposed to lay down our life for one another. That's what the scriptures say. That's what we're called to do. And in doing that, that's guidance. That's, how you, that's one of the ways you're going to be guided by God to do. Because you have a God that's great when you do stuff like that will bless you. So you want you to bless. No, you don't want you to bless. You want God to bless you. The next thing is authority. Okay, since we're speaking about the body, authority is another guide. Now, first of all, I want to read this scripture on, on authority.
You know, and this is uh, Matthew twenty twenty five through 28. You must know that the rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them, and their high officials exercised authority over them. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. You must be uh, great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be your slave. You know, if you want to be first in God's kingdom, it's the office of the world. The world says, I've, I've got power over you. I have authority over you. You will submit under me. The kingdom says, I'm going to come underneath you and lift you up. Now, we know that that's, that's the, the model we have here. We, are, we believe the leadership's job here is to help people find their gift, develop their gift, come into full strength with their gift, and help them do their gift. And so we're set up like that. We're different people as God brings them up. And if they have a ministry, we'll help them get into doing that ministry. They run the ministry as their own. They naturally submit to me. I've never told anybody how to run anything yet. Maybe one day I will have to. But there's a natural authority because I don't want to lord it over. I want to come underneath them and lift them up. So God has established authority for reasons. That's the reason I mentioned the godly authority here is because that's really what it's supposed to be. But the scripture, First uh, uh, Peter two thirteen, uh, says it doesn't matter whether it's good or bad, godly or not. Submit under authority. It says submit under the authority of the world. The God has put those in the place and submit under them. That's a hard scripture. I don't to talk about it either. <laughs> I don't like that scripture. If I could take it out of there, I would, but I can't. So I'll throw it in there. Obey your elders. There's all kinds of stuff in there. Uh, God's put people in authority. They have the leaders under greater strictness than you. There's all kinds of things about that. So, you know, if you get stuck in something, come up and talk to somebody in authority, a leader in authority, and ask them. They aren't going to tell you how to do it. They aren't going to tell you the answer because it's not their job. But they can help you see if you're making the right decisions. They can help you with questions to bring you to it. So I kind of rushed through that some of that stuff because I, I want to get on for next week. But it's the body, the authority, it's the laying down your whole life to be God-focused, love-focused, and understand the principles of God are the things that guide you. Those things will renew your soul. Because it says a renewing their mind, so, you know, when, when you're saved, the process of changing the way you think, which is Bill Johnson's definition, which is the biblical definition of uh, repentance. I love that. First time I heard it, I said, no, you're wrong. I went and looked it up. He's right. Uh, it is. But he, he changes the way we think. You know, he changes our will. We want his things. And our emotions, our love for him. Those things are the things that, uh, that we have to hear through. They have to be sanctified. They have to have that process go on. They have to be changed so we can hear clearly. Otherwise, you're going to hear a miss. You'll continually hear a miss. You'll hear wrong over and over and over and over again if it's based upon your own desire. If you are on the throne... It will be wrong. Period. It'd be a snowball chance. You know the rest of the thing. I'm getting it right. You have to be focused on God for any of it to work. So anyway, uh, oh this uh, this Saturday's healing circle. So if you want to, uh, it's from uh, ten to noon. If you have anything you need prayer for. Or if you're interested in uh, getting involved with that, you can talk to Sibby. She had to work today, so she's not here. 
Alrighty, that's uh, and this little scripture that I hope you will read. It's Proverbs three, that chapter. Take a look at it because it sums up most everything I said here in one scripture. Proverbs three. So write that down. I'm seeing you all busy writing it down. <laughs> Proverbs three, because you know you will be tested on this, not by me, <laughs> but you will be tested. You've heard it. You will be tested. And when you're out there thinking God doesn't love you and you're mad because you didn't get what you wanted, then you know that God tested you. you know, because you want to know this stuff. This is, I, this is 35 years worth of stuff coming together and showing. Because I've watched people make mistakes and I've made so many mistakes I can't count them. But I based them on because I heard through the wrong things. I heard things with a mix. And that mix has to be removed. And the, the removal process is some of the stuff we talked about here. Alrighty, so I want to bless you right now. And if anybody needs prayer for uh, healing, sickness, or has a dream they want interpreted, or want uh, a little direction for their life, glad to have them come up here and we'll pray for you. But I bless you right now. I speak the blessing of the Lord over each and every one of you. May He fill you to full completeness in Him. May you be overflowing that you would bring and give it to one another. I bless you that you have it to give it away. Lord, I ask that, you know, what you've shown me before uh, through my first major pastor, and that's, and that is we're given to give, to give, to give. Get to give, to get to give, over and over again. He gives us stuff to give to one another. And as we give it away, we get more. That is the currency of the kingdom, principle of God. You give away if you want something. You, if you hold back, it shuts off God's money. Opposite of the world. Those are principles. You have to know them. So, Lord, we ask you to bless everyone, seal your presence on them, in your holy name. Amen.